0: You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Meg and Beck. It's our mission to share how we pursue our passion for wellness while balancing our real world corporate jobs.
1: This is a place where green juice and wine are interchangeable and nothing is off limits. Instead of finding yourself down an internet black hole, we'll be bringing the experts straight to you so that your burning questions can be answered.
0: So sit back and relax on your office chair yoga mat and enjoy the episode. everybody. This is the Detox and Chill podcast. If you didn't know, we missed you.
1: Long time no talk since Friday (laughs) because hashtag
0: all out August. August. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the double episodes um, each week. We're loving it. We love shooting out the content to you guys and we have so many amazing people that we talk to that we just want to get it out there. So Mm -hmm. we hope you're enjoying it. But today... We have an awesome guest, Madeline Davis, who's the director of women's rowing at Boston University, which is like which what a big
1: deal? It's amazing. Like yeah. that's incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know a ton about college athletics. My husband ran um, D one track and cross country shout out to Dan. He'll get so excited that I'm saying that. So he knows a ton and I like hear bits and pieces Mm -hmm. through him, but I know it's unheard of for someone Madeline's age to be the head coach. Yeah. She's so
0: young. Um, and she's awesome. And just so, I feel like she has a lot of wisdom, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to work with such young minds. Um, and really she's like their go-to person for everything. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, she was saying about disconnecting and how Mm -hmm. that can be really challenging and just being with her phone in case her athletes have problems. So just the amount of responsibility she has Mm -hmm. is incredible. Mm -hmm. And
0: I think it's really important to hear these stories, hearing what athletes go through in that world is very informative and knowing that they still have, you know, some body image issues as well, just maybe on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool to get some insight into that and really figure out, I don't know what we need to do to help these young mm-hmm. college aged athletes to, I don't know, be good humans. <laughs> yeah.
1: And just succeed. I know for me, college Was the time that I really struggled with Mm -hmm. body issues and that was kind of the peak of my eating disorder. So I can't imagine just having the pressure of competing in Mm -hmm. rowing where your weight does matter and you need to hit a certain number to be placed in a certain boat which we learned from Madeline which is crazy so I just can't imagine that level of pressure and it was just a really enlightening conversation mm-hmm. for me yeah it really was yeah I love talking to Madeline I feel like I
0: can always talk to her for hours and hours because mm-hmm. everything she says I'm just like whoa
1: I know you just want to write it down yeah it's seriously. like inspiration
0: quote central yeah like Finding the sound bites for this episode for our Instagram stories was, like, so easy because I was like, well, I could use this one and this one and this one. (laughs) Literally the entire conversation. Yeah, yeah. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode. We loved it. We loved having the conversation. It's just stuff that needs to be out in the world, not, you know, pushed under the rug. Um Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, enjoy the episode yeah and don't forget to follow us on instagram mm-hmm. at detox and chill podcast um we're loving interacting with you guys there we have a great giveaway going on now we with do. our sponsor silver fern um which i've been using their protein every single morning mm-hmm. and i've said this 15 <laughs> times but it literally tastes like a wendy's frosty it's
0: so good so good and we love silver fern we hope you do too go check out our instagram
1: the giveaway will be ending on friday mm-hmm. and don't forget to rate and review we're on facebook um shoot us an email i would say texas you don't have our numbers but we want to talk <laughs> don't to don't you text <laughs> don't text us actually <laughs> it's Probably fine won't text us. <laughs> <laughs> but actually story of my life i yeah. struggle with that <laughs> Yeah. Um, So yeah, enjoy the episode, guys. We love you. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you so much.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Silver Fern.
0: One of our favorite brands. We had Charity Light and their chief nutritionist on a few weeks ago, um, and we're so excited that they're sponsoring us. I have been using the protein powder for a while now and have been loving it. It's completely plant-based and also have, has probiotics in it, which is so nice. It's kind of unheard of. Yeah, very efficient. I, as I've said before, I love efficiencies. Um, so I've been using that and the Tino, which is their fiber powder. Um, and that has made a world of difference. So adding that flavorless powder to my drinks, smoothies, even water... Um, is a game changer and also very efficient so
1: love getting that in so efficient Um, and I also recently just got the protein powder I'd heard you talk about it so much and charity loved it so it is just as good as you guys said I'm kind of transitioning into trying to do a morning smoothie so I'd been stuck in a breakfast rut for a really long time Um, and this just makes them delicious. Mm -hmm. It is so good. It's so creamy, Mm -hmm. and it truly tastes like chocolate. It's so good. It's like a treat for breakfast. Um, And I personally have struggled with a lot of gut health issues, so I absolutely love Silver Fern's probiotic. Um, And I think what makes it so different is that you don't need to refrigerate it, Mm -hmm. which charity kind of enlightened us that – you know, with some other brands, how would you expect a probiotic that needs to be refrigerated to get where it needs to go in your stomach, which mm-hmm. is obviously above a Not refrigerator temperature? <laughs> um, so we love it. They were so gracious to give us a discount code for you guys as well, which is DETOX15, D-E-T-O-X-15, which will get you 15% off of whatever you order. Um and word on the street is that there might be a new flavor of protein mm, yes. coming soon. so exciting. So you can find
0: Silver Fern at www.SilverFernBrand.com. So that's S-I-L-V-E-R-F-E-R-N-B-R-A-N-D.com. So please go check them out. I've been using the coupon code for myself. Yeah. So go check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, and we're so excited for you to try it. Thanks, Silver Fern. Yeah, thank you, Silver
1: Fern. Um, But we should talk about you. So tell our listeners who you are. You mentioned you lived in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. We want to hear all about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, well, I was born in Westchester, Pennsylvania. No,
2: not really. I mean, I was, but we're not going to start. <laughs> By there. the
0: way, this is Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> hi, I'm Madeline. I just wandered into the studio. <laughs> we <laughs> we picked her up questions. off
2: the street. Like, She looks cool. She looks cute. Let's bring her in. <laughs> um, yeah. So I grew up uh, outside Philadelphia in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm from PA too where oh, so is Becky Say, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're all from Pennsylvania at various points yeah, right? represent. yeah. Um, and then so I grew up outside um, Philadelphia I went to college at Princeton in New Jersey so pretty close by um, and uh, I started rowing in high school which is probably germane to the conversation uh, and then rowed in college as well um, and then the year After I graduated, I stayed in Princeton. Um, I worked at a boarding school there and was a substitute teacher, resident life, office manager, and rowing coach. Um, And then did that for only one year and then moved out to the Bay Area and started coaching rowing full time. Uh, So I coached at Stanford for three years uh, they moved to Columbus, Ohio, coached at Ohio State for four years. Oh, my gosh. And then came here Dang. pretty much like a year ago today. So she's <laughs>
1: kind of a big girl. Yeah. Rachel, a how girl. many Ivy <laughs> Leagues were just dropped in that Seriously. background? It's
0: like, oh, by the way, I went to Princeton. It's NBD. <laughs> it's
2: hard not to say that. It sounds like a jerk. No, it's amazing. It's Are amazing. you kidding? I'd wear a T-shirt every day it's if like I went to Princeton.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, I liked it. It was a good – it was, like, a good fit for me. Like, it was the right fit for me. I liked it. The school uh, – I majored in classics, which was a very what is um, random choice. Uh, the study of ancient Greece and Rome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not my intention <laughs> going in. <laughs> Probably not my parents. Um, I, I just – I liked the classes um, in that field. I thought about doing anthropology, and I was deciding between the two – I could kind of do both of them in this like dual major um so I did that and uh and loved it just loved being a a nerdy college (laughs) student there um but also rowing so like all of my time was was spent between rowing and most of my time was spent between rowing and the library and uh and that was like pretty much the ideal for me I loved that um so it was a good it was the right place to be for me I liked
0: it a lot Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah so um let's take it a step back in high school. What made you want to be like, I'm a row for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, I didn't know it was for the rest of my life at the time. Uh,
2: my dad rowed. He rowed still. He okay. rowed in college um, and then took some time off and then rowed as a master's. So when I was a kid, he was rowing. Gotcha. Um, and rowing in Philly, much like in Boston, it's a big deal. Boathouse mm-hmm. row is like right mm-hmm. in the city. Mm-hmm. It's so it's, it's very visible. And so I would go and watch my dad race when I was a kid. I actually came to the head of the Charles in Boston when I was like, or something. Oh, wow. um, so it's around it a lot, and it looked cool and very different than other sports. It also looks easy when you're watching mm, it. It does. Which, yeah. Deceptive. Yeah, <laughs> like They're just in the water. Um, they're just, like, moving yeah, their arms like back and forth. it's so graceful, <laughs> and you're out in the m- sunrise. And um, But the real reason I ended up with rowing was because I failed at every other sport, <laughs> which is unfortunately how everybody gets to rowing because you don't do it the earliest you can really start is like high school oh there's some eighth grade programs but it's really high school Mm -hmm. and if you're a talented athlete by high school you're already playing in like five club teams and a travel team and you're Mm -hmm. already have like a personal coach and all this Mm -hmm. stuff so people that come to rowing it's like the way that i did where it's like well I tried softball and basketball and soccer and track and tennis and fencing and lacrosse for one week and everything <laughs> and it was just bad. Uh, and I think everybody had given up on me being an athlete of any type, myself included. <laughs> uh, but I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try this rowing thing." And uh, it just it took. I, I loved it. What do you now. Well, I think the thing about rowing is, to me, it always felt like the most direct outcome for your work Mm -hmm. so I felt like with like softball is kind of my not my big sport the sport I played the most (laughs) before rowing Mm -hmm. um and I never felt like for me if I worked harder I got better I felt Mm -hmm. like some people just like had better hand-eye coordination Mm -hmm. and I just Mm -hmm. couldn't really I'd go to the batting cages and I didn't really feel like I got any better Mm -hmm. uh and I'm sure I wasn't trying that hard because I was in middle school but um with rowing it felt very much like if I just do this more and harder and longer I will be better at it and I really liked that direct line of Mm -hmm. like just do it more and work more and you'll see the payoff Mm -hmm. and so that's what I really I think that's why it really connected with
0: me Mm -hmm. that takes drive though like that's like I think, I feel like I would give up.
1: <laughs> I'd be like, well, <laughs> I'm done. Well, and it's <laughs> so so I've only ever rode on like a rowing machine in a mm-hmm. gym, but even that is so physical. So I can only imagine when you're training mm-hmm. for long practices after school and all of that. Yeah. Like how did that kind of work into, so in high school, but then also in college, I know that college practices for any sport are super, super intense. Mm-hmm. How did you fit it all together? I know you kind of said... You were mainly in the library or rowing, but how did you maintain some sense of yourself?
2: Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a lot. I think it's very full body being outside really helps because it rowing in a boat on the water, it takes a lot more of your attention than even just running when you're outside. There's like the boats moving beneath you. Things are happening around you. You have to steer all this kind of stuff. So I found it pretty easy to stay engaged. You definitely drift off Mm -hmm. for sure, Mm -hmm. but, um, There's a lot going on at once. Um, It's a hard schedule, especially high school is really hard because the boathouse was like 20 or 30 minutes from my high school. And then that was another like 45 plus minutes home. Oh, wow. So we were going to school, driving for a while, going to practice, driving even longer, going home, um, and then studying going to bed. Mm -hmm. So at least it was in the afternoon, but it it was a lot of time. I never... I don't know, I, people have asked me this about like, you know, oh, and you struggle and you like you're lacking motivation, and how can you keep going? I never really questioned it. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought about quitting sincerely. I just I just kind of kept doing it. I think once I start something, I tend to just keep rolling. With mm-hmm. it. and my friends were there, like that's where I found some of my best friends for mm-hmm. my life was through rowing, and so that became a big part of it of like, well, I'm not. I want to see them. I don't want to let them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was, it was still, in high school at least, it was still a novel that I could be good at. A sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then college, I actually found it a lot easier in college because the schedule, like your class schedule, is so much simpler mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. high school. You're not there first thing in the morning and going all day. And if you manage it well, you can get most of your homework done, like between classes and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, we were fortunate at Princeton that we, there's actually a time block. Um, in the afternoon where no classes are scheduled oh, wow. from like I don't know three thirty to 6 or something like that and so we didn't ever really struggle with not being able to take a class mm-hmm. we just knew we could always practice in that block that's mm-hmm. nice and so when we did go in the morning which wasn't a ton that was sort of an outlier the afternoon was our main time and I found that my classmates It wasn't like they were using that time to get ahead. Mm -hmm. They were usually napping or (laughs) playing video games. As you do in college. Sure. I did a lot of sleeping. Right. Like what (laughs) you're supposed to do. And and instead I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep rowing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found it easier in that regard with time management in college. And then the same thing. Like that very much became my social circle. And we had – four teams, men's and women, heavies and lights. So that's 150 people that you're going Mm, and seeing and mm -hmm. working out with every day. So the idea of not having that group, I would have been sort of adrift with think without that. Mm. So it was sort of, I get it, like never really occurred to me to Mm -hmm. not do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Was there a moment when you were like, okay, I'm going to do this as my career?
2: Um no. It happened very gradually. (laughs) That's like amazing though. I just feel like it's so So natural for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it is, and I see this with my athletes now. You don't really think of your coach as like a that that's their career or that they do it full time. Like I sort of I remember thinking like, well, I wonder what he does before he shows up (laughs) at the boathouse at 3 30 and like what does he do during the day? Right. It (laughs) never occurred to me that like my coach was doing its job <laughs> during the day and like I've had athletes be like oh so like what are you gonna do for the summer like uh um, are you going home for the summer like no I am home yeah this is my <laughs> I'm like what are you gonna do I'm like this job yeah. <laughs> or like after morning practice like what are you gonna do with the day I'm like my job yeah. uh, so I just didn't really think about it as a profession mm-hmm. um and I think Fortunately, I graduated in a terrible time for the market. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody was hiring. So I graduated Mm -hmm. in 2009. And uh, I thought at first I was going to do marketing. uh, And so I made a lot of phone calls and networking and trying to figure out how I could get into that. And I wanted to be in San Francisco. So I think every person that did marketing in San Francisco probably had some informational Mm -hmm. phone call with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody was really happy to talk and nobody had a job. And... I realized like those conversations were just kind of like mind like soul crushing mm-hmm. and then I just wasn't that interested in it. and I didn't really feel like a lot of the people I talked to were that fired up about it um and so I started to think well what do I like to do and how can I do that for a living and the two things that I've always liked were school and rowing so I um started looking for boarding schools to co-chat. I think it was a very like uh, dead poet society mm. ideal mm. that I was going to like stand on table and know. like change the future. Change lives. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, the reality is a little different. I, so I found a list of every boarding school in America that had a rowing team and I emailed every single one of them and oh one of them got back to me that happened to be like three miles down the road. Uh, oh. I wanted to teach um, nobody had a teaching gig, but they said, well, you can do some substitute teaching uh, and be the head girls coach, which I was like, head coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm like <laughs> 22. Yeah. Uh, I'd never coached anything before that. And uh, so I went and I sort of thought, well, I'll do this for a year and then I'll get into teaching and I'll be in the boarding school life and, mm-hmm. and that'll be it. Um, and I liked the school part of it. The boarding school part of it was okay. I loved the coaching part of it. And I loved my athletes. Like That was the biggest thing mm-hmm. was I loved them, and I loved helping them see that they could do more than they thought they could. Um, and I think there was one athlete in particular who really had this idea of where she should be in what boat she should be in. And she, I had everybody fill out, like, what are your goals? And she told me that. And I was like, uh, yeah, you could really be in the varsity four. She's like, whoa, no, I can't. I was like, yeah, no, I've seen your herb wow. scores, and you know, I think you you should really don't sell yourself short. I think you can make this boat, and uh, and I just think she needed somebody to tell her that. Like we all mm-hmm. need people to tell us those mm-hmm. kinds of things at you some point. You can do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and it totally changed her outlook going into the spring, and she made the boat, and she kicked out a senior, and she fought her butt off to get in there, and it was awesome, and I think that was sort of the first chance I had to see like, oh, I can, I could make a difference in the way that people view themselves really mm-hmm. um and so then I uh I heard from the Stanford coach who I knew because uh, he recruited me like five years before oh, that wow. um so it's a good lesson I tell every young person or any person that will listen to it like don't burn your bridges mm-hmm. maintain so your connections mm-hmm. he recruited me but I didn't go there uh, but I saw him at a lot of regattas. Every time I saw him, I was like, hey, Coach Costa, how you doing? Yeah. Um, and so – and actually, I had talked to him originally when I was looking for high school jobs, coaching jobs. And so he knew that I was in the coaching world, and he needed an assistant. And so he called, and I went out and interviewed. And I was like, oh, I can do this as a full-time gig. Wow. And, uh, and then that was it. Yeah.
1: Was that huge for you? Like, do you think you appreciated when you were interviewing – for that, were you super nervous, or did it yeah. feel like this is where I need
2: to be? Uh, both. both yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was sort of like, I can't believe anybody thinks I can do this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had had, like, some minor successes at the high school ice coaching app, but, like, very minor. They didn't matter to the people at Stanford mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't believe that I could go out and get an interview and um, – and potentially be at such an incredible school and a program. I was coaching with the lightweights and they had won. They won the national championship the spring before I got there. So as I was interviewing, they were in the season that they would eventually win their national championship. Uh, And then I went and we won three more. So it was like really the, the pinnacle of lightweight rowing. And I just, it, I couldn't believe that I could get there. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like, even as I was interviewing it, it was like, I can't believe
0: this is real.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) And it's across the
0: country and at San Francisco. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, What's one thing that you always want to instill into your athletes? Like, if there was nothing but one thing you could tell them, what would you say? Mm. Keep
2: going. Um, And I think that takes a lot of different forms, but I think the – in today's world and this generation, I hate to sound like the old fogey, but um, I think a lot of people are looking for outs, or at mm-hmm. least for ways to make it easier. Mm-hmm. And there are some things in life that can be made easier and should be if you can. But uh, the, I think if you're going to commit to doing something like rowing in college, or starting a business, or starting a podcast, like you just you gotta keep going, mm-hmm. and when it's hard. You have to – there are there are times you just have to put your head down and just keep plowing mm-hmm. and know that it's okay if you feel tired and it's okay if maybe not every day feels like the most amazing thing because what you're looking for is the payoff down mm-hmm. the road. And you have to find joy in the process. Um, that's something that I try to varying degrees of success to remember and instill is that there's joy in the process. Um, but you really just – you have to keep going and, and that's where – I think the lesson in college athletics specifically is to be found its you will face difficulty in your classes and in you know taking final exams and in your relationships in college but none of them are at the degree I think to which college athletics is and you're putting in so much time every single day for four years and the lessons that can be learned there are are really incomparable but if you quit or you take yourself out of that you don't get that you don't get that benefit So I think just keep
0: keep going mm-hmm. do you see a lot of people that are wanting to quit or do quit
2: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, I mean not a ton but I think it's when it gets hard mm-hmm. and um, I think you know it's hard to sometimes to realize that the best thing you can do for yourself is to stay in the difficult situation Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are conflate um, you know I want to do what's best for me and I want to take care of myself Mm -hmm. with I'm going to take the stressor away Mm -hmm. and the thing that we talk a lot about with the girls that are on the team and I've had this conversation with with girls I've coached at everywhere um, that have left which is you don't learn that much by leaving what you learn is by staying in it and figuring out how to get through it Mm -hmm. and the thing is this should prepare you for life after college and you're going to be in a job or a relationship or your family or whatever it is that you can't leave when mm-hmm. it gets hard mm-hmm. so leaving now isn't really giving you those skills whereas if you can stick it out you know I've had rowers that have said that you know I've had tough years and tough seasons and get out on the other end and I've asked them like well what was the difference what was it they're like I just kept going and then I got used to it and then it became the norm and then I started to feel good about it and then I kept going and like mm-hmm. that's the lesson to be learned if you had left when it got hard you wouldn't learn the lesson the lesson you learn is when it gets hard get out
1: mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. not
2: that's not going to serve you very well you need to be just writing this I down
1: know, <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> advice taking notes. <laughs> it's so true it's so true um and kind of going off of that so I'd imagine as a coach of all of these young women athletes mm-hmm. You probably see so much going on i think Mm -hmm. especially nowadays with social media Mm -hmm. do you think that ever impact like can you see how social media impacts your athletes in any way Um, like how do you be that role model for them when there's so many other role models out there
2: social media is hard I'm so glad it wasn't really around when I was Mm -hmm. in college. Uh, Like, Facebook was like, you had your one profile picture. (laughs) Like, that one picture was so important. It was the only one. (laughs) Uh, And I do actually really think I've had this conversation a lot where, like, just. The act of having to wait to upload the pictures from your digital camera to the next morning mm-hmm. saved all of our generation. Yes. A lot of embarrassment makes you wake up the next yeah. morning and you're like, oh, I should not post that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas now it's instantly, it's mm-hmm. on your Instagram story or Snapchat mm-hmm. or a post or whatever. And and then it's always there. Um, I think what social media really does is it it just makes everybody compare themselves to everybody else. And you see all the stuff that you're missing out on I think with athletes, you see all the people that are going out and staying up late and drinking and going on vacation and whatever, all this stuff that you can't really do. We don't have a spring break. Our spring break is growing more than we do normally. (laughs) Um, And so I think stuff like that is hard. And even within your sport, you see your friends at other schools posting things and nobody posts like. That's oh, the second workout of the day. I'm oh, no. so tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's terrible. I rode so long this morning. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, here we are and it's sunny and mm-hmm. it's the Charles is frozen and everybody feels terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we don't talk about it a lot directly um, other than to say that, like, I mean, we have a social media policy about mm-hmm. what you should post on there. Mm-hmm. But I think what we try to do is really just talk about what we have going on within our team and making what we have for each other and with each other the best that it can so that all that other stuff that's going on around them doesn't become uh, something better or something to be desired, that it's something where, well, they're doing their thing, but what we have here is so strong. This is this is where I want to be. And even if it means I'm not on the beach in Cabo, what I'm doing here and the payoff we're going to get here is worth it. And making the in-person relationships that we have on the team mm-hmm. way stronger than the Instagram likes or the snaps that you're getting so that Mm -hmm. what we're doing together in person can outweigh that. But it's it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. And I think you see like the stuff that girls put put online is so different than what their day to day
1: life. 100 like, percent i'm guilty of it which is we oh, all do yeah, yeah we like,
0: all do it i'm not gonna post that i had a terrible day i know i'm right. not gonna post something <laughs> like
1: tearing up right,
0: right? like my <laughs> three double chains like that's just not gonna happen <laughs> yeah and
2: everybody everybody does it mm-hmm. and i think with age and perspective you can hopefully recognize that a little bit more like we all we all do it uh i just think at that, at that age it's difficult to mm-hmm. kind of to recognize that or believe it. even if you mm-hmm. sort of rationally know that's not what that person's life looks like you still yeah. see it and you're like oh god they look so pretty and they're mm-hmm. doing such so cool stuff mm-hmm. and i'm in the weight room again right. Dead <laughs> <Yeah.
0: landing. laughs> right when you were at that point when you were in college did you see with your other friends who are also athletes did you see any of that like body dysmorphia like comparison then mm-hmm. when you were in it did you realize that it was going on or is it kind of yeah. like a look back and then realizing it
2: um I didn't I didn't really see it um and I think so I rode lightweight mm-hmm. in college um, what does that mean yeah so that's uh for women it's 130 under 130 pounds mm-hmm. so we would weigh so there was we had an open weight team and a lightweight team and we have the same thing here at BU um and they're run separately Have separate coaches separate training separate racing schedule
1: oh but you have to weigh in right so like
2: the friday afternoon before you race on a saturday morning you weigh in oh and you have to be 129.9 um and i was fortunate in that that was a pretty natural weight for Mm -hmm. me and so it's the sort of thing where like well i just kind of keep an eye on it Mm -hmm. and the couple days before weigh in, you just like be a little careful Mm -hmm. um and for a lot of my teammates, I was that way. But for a lot, it wasn't. Uh, and so there was a lot, um, you know, around our weights because there had to be. I didn't I found that the one good thing about that was that there was zero Motivation to be any lighter mm-hmm. than 129.8. Uh, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> gotcha. that's, you're going to be stronger, right. I'm assuming. Right. So you like cutting extra weight isn't going to make you faster.
0: Oh, that's nice. In yeah. fact, it's
2: going to take away from it. Mm-hmm. So I found for me at least that that was actually kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the only time that it, I think that was challenging, at least me personally, um, so I raced at the under 23 national team after I graduated and at the international level in team boats lightweight is max 130 but the boat has to average 125 oh wow which is a strange yeah it averaging
0: is i don't think it's wise oh wow yeah Yeah. that just
1: puts everyone together i can only imagine kind of like pitted
0: against each other too because it's like if you're the one that's putting you over the edge and it's like Right.
1: And so everybody gets a number like you have to be 122
2: point whatever and you have to be 128 point whatever. Yeah. So it's
0: challenging.
2: And so I was in a double. My doubles partner was heavier when we started the summer season. So she had to be 128 point whatever. And I had to be 122 point nine. And 130 was fine for me. 122 was not. That's a lot. That was a big difference. And so. I think I learned a really valuable lesson, which was I I did it as, you know, gradually and methodically and healthily as I could, mm-hmm. but no way was I at my max mm-hmm. when I competed at Worlds. And so it was a terrible feeling to get to the biggest stage of my athletic yeah. career and feel like I wasn't at my peak because I had to make this cutoff. And so I think the good thing that I took from that was like the weight, the weight doesn't really matter if you're not performing. And mm-hmm. so I try to think about it very much as like well the number doesn't matter so much as my body is doing what I want it to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's different for different things like when I'm running a lot that weight's going to be a lot different than if I'm lifting a lot Mm -hmm. and so trying to kind of separate that what that number means from what does that that number allow my body to do Mm -hmm. um
0: that was a very long-winded answer. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a great lesson in just, like, everyday life, too. Yeah. It's, like, it doesn't matter what your weight is. It's what you're capable of, mm-hmm. capable of what you're feeling, how right. you're feeling. You know, yeah. if you're feeling like you're you're living your best life and you're in your best body, then, like, great. Yeah. Right. And is, can, is your body doing what you want it to do?
2: Mm-hmm. Like, if I want to run a marathon, my body needs to be different than if I want to PR my deadlift. Right. Which needs to look different yeah. than... A variety of other things, and so being okay with the fact that like your body's going to look and feel different mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you're doing, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get it
0: to maximize different things. Right, and there are different stages in your life too. It's like your body's going to be different now than when you're trying to, you know, have a baby if you want to do that. Right, it's like it, yeah. yeah it's just, and then it's like, uh, is my body in the best condition it can exactly. to have a baby? Right. <laughs> right, right, which is very different than any of the other totally. things we've talked about. Yeah, very different. So, it, like for women, I think it's just hard, but it's like. You need to remember that mindset of, like, okay, is my body performing how I want it to perform? Yes, and okay. Yeah, it's, right. like, what
1: you're capable of doing. Because mm-hmm. I think for so long I was so worried about how my body looked mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, it's so cool. I can go out and run 10 miles when I'm training for this half marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, like, but how do I look in right. these pants? And I just feel like my mindset has shifted so much to, mm-hmm. like... But it's just really cool what it's able to yeah. do, right. you yeah. know? Right. That's why I cry every time
0: I take, like, a spinning class. I'm like, wow, like, my <laughs> body can me up. do this. <laughs> I'm like, it's I so that, But it's though. like, like, I really, in that moment, I'm like, okay, like, there are people that don't have legs. There no, are people that, like, are physically yeah. ill and can't do this. And, like, I'm so lucky that I can take this class. Mm-hmm. It's like having that gratitude for what you can
2: do, mm-hmm. I think, is so important. And it's... No, it's so hard to separate that from, how well, how do yeah. I look? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in rowing, it's hard because you're in little spandex yeah. unisuits. Like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, it's
1: all well, out that's there. Cool. <laughs> like <laughs> shorts?
2: It's it's a unisuit. So it's oh, sort wow. of like imagine a more covering wrestling singlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like it's not quite so drapey. But pure spandex. But yeah, it's like imagine if you had spandex shorts and a tank top on, but it's just one piece. That's wow. it. Um so yeah, it's like it's great that your body can do all this stuff, but then ultimately you do still have to like look at your body in a little spandex yeah. Yes, suit. Yeah, it's and so be like, hard. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's and at any age, but I think particularly like 18 mm-hmm. to 22 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. old when you're surrounded by a bunch of other women who have various different bodies, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you see your competitors and they have various different bodies, and um, it's really it's hard to it's hard to do that and it's hard to have that perspective. It's something that. I think is really important and try to talk about is Mm -hmm. like what matters is can you achieve what you want to with your body? And Mm -hmm. sometimes that might mean that you need to lean down, but sometimes it might mean that you need to put on some muscle and Mm -hmm. you need to kind of be in touch enough with what your body is and what you're trying to do to Mm -hmm. figure out what you need to change to get there. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it seems like you're such, you have such a strong view on being a role model for your athletes. Mm -hmm. Do you think you kind of always had that natural coaching ability? Like, do you think you realized it entailed being a role model for? Um, I don't think so. And I
2: don't know. I mean, I know they watch me all the time. <laughs> I don't know that I that like being a role model is it's not as always on the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think particularly in this past year, becoming a head coach, it's a very different role as the assistant coach. You're at least the other two jobs that I've had. It's been an A male head coach an older male head coach and so Mm -hmm. I've been sort of like the young female assistant who could relate to the athletes and Mm -hmm. was their person to turn to to talk about you know stuff they didn't want to go to the head coach with Uh, and I think that I sort of I almost thought about that a little bit more as being a role model because that could be a bigger part of how I dealt how I interacted with them Um, whereas as a head coach it's you're you're trying to get you know 45 people to go do one thing it's a lot of people and culture management and a lot of in the first year especially is it just getting people on board it's almost
0: like you're running your own company yeah yeah i mean it is <laughs> there's you're recruiting there's a, right you're... there's
2: recruiting there's a budget there's marketing mm-hmm. you know there it is it's like you're running your own small little business yeah not that small <laughs> sometimes when i look right. at the budget. 45 people yeah. like
0: that's a like, and hopefully it's lot bigger yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah um so, but I, I think in terms of being a role model, I was, um, I had one coach in particular in high school that was definitely a difference maker for me in terms of just believing what I could do. And she was my coach sophomore year and she was just like total badass. Can I curse? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah she was a total <laughs> <Yeah>. badass. <laughs> um, she was like a tattoo artist and she so was trying cool. to make the national team That's and she was super so cool. strong and so cool. And... uh Again, at, up until that point, very unathletic. No. And I she, cannot imagine you I as know. unathletic, though.
0: You're it's just so like a picture. I'll, I'll show, show you some <laughs>
2: pictures from, like, softball. Like, my the hat's so big, my ears are sticking <laughs> into it. I'm, like, holding two bats because I thought it made me look cool. <laughs> it's like my little, like, gangly arm. <laughs> um, oh, she was... Gosh. The first coach who was like, "Oh, you can, you can do something. You can be good," and that had some expectations for me. I think up until that point, mm-hmm. everyone had been sort of like, "Yeah, whatever. Go like paddle around. Don't flip. <laughs> Come back <laughs> to the dock." Mm-hmm. Um, but she had some expectations for me and my doubles partner, um, who's still one of my best friends, uh, and that I think having somebody believe that you could do it, but she also presented it in a way that wasn't like. Rah rah! I believe in you. You can do it. It was Mm -hmm. like, all right, we're gonna go to cities and you're gonna win it. I was
1: like, oh, what's that? Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, When you say we,
2: (laughs) (laughs) and so I think that also influenced me in a way that was like, you can, you can inspire and motivate somebody in a way that felt authentic to me. I'm not a big like cheerleader. Mm -hmm. I'm very much like, you can do this. Here's the goal. I believe that you can achieve it. Go do it. Mm -hmm. And that works for some people less well for others. Um, But I think what I saw from her was that that can really go a long way. And she was a huge influence in like my life until now. And I think seeing in her like being an awesome young woman and an athlete. And then as she got married, she has kids now and she's like a horse vet in Kentucky and just like seeing all this cool stuff. You're like, Oh wow, that's, that's awesome. Um, That, that had a big impact on me. And so I think that, Once I felt like that first year and I was coaching high school and I sort of started to feel that little pull of like, oh, maybe I could be that person for other people. Mm -hmm. That's really what what hooked me
0: on it. How do you separate? Because at least for me, I find it hard to separate like personal things from like whether it be like work or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you create that boundary of like not getting too close to them yeah. because then they leave or like yeah. you know. especially as
1: the head coach now yeah. to your yeah.
0: point there has to be some respect there and yeah. distance.
2: uh it's hard i f- i have found it hard and i think uh in my first year it was difficult i think i probably aired a little bit too much on the side of being separate from them mm-hmm. uh and something that i heard from a couple of my rows was like we just want to like know who you are
0: <laughs> and I think
2: it was very much like I heard something about teachers like you wear black and don't smile till Christmas yeah. I think I did that but like wear black and don't smile till June <laughs> and then they all left for the summer That's so I'm here year. being like hey we made it no yeah. one's here anymore yeah um I think it was a good lesson it's I, I felt like I needed to establish uh you know authority and responsibility in the culture and I don't know that it was bad to do it that way, but I, it, I did really do it at the expense of, I think, being um, totally available yeah. to my athletes. And I think there is a balance, and that's something I want to do better this year is be more of a person with mm-hmm. them. Um, but that is hard because you're right. You um, y- you can't play favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you can't get too involved in their lives. Uh, and I think... You know, again, with this generation, they they pick up the phone and text mm-hmm. before the thought is in and out of their mind. Mm-hmm. I get texts all the time that are like, uh, hey, saw your email had a question about this one minute later. Never mind. I just read the, the rest of the email. <laughs> 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 OK. Uh, and so that's being setting those boundaries. And I have definitely started to have times where I'm like I will text back to them and be like, this is an email send mm-hmm. me an email yeah like this doesn't have to be well, a text on have to on learn that in night. college as well right yeah right it's yeah. part of growing up they've mm-hmm. been able to text everybody their whole lives mm-hmm. and now somebody's like hey it's Saturday at 8 o'clock mm-hmm. I don't need to answer this question right now send mm-hmm. me an email mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the converse of that is I can't really ever totally separate from it and I know I've heard I've listened to other of your podcasts mm-hmm. and a lot of people talk about like finding this balance and like turning your phone off and stepping away from it and mm-hmm. I, I can't I try to do that. I can't really, particularly in season, because mm-hmm. I'm—I I mean, I'm there in locus parentis, like I right. am their parent. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these kids are from all around the country or the world, and if something happens, I'm going to be the first person that they right. call. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that, which like just damn. gave me chills. By <laughs> I know the way. Yeah. Like,
1: so much responsibility. Yeah, yeah
2: and it's uh, there's <laughs> so one time three years ago. Uh, my mom was in town visiting and it was Sunday morning. We didn't have practice and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna leave my phone. We're gonna go for a run. We're gonna walk to the bakery. We're gonna have breakfast. It'll be great. I'm having a bad feeling. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. It all <laughs> turned out okay, don't worry. Okay. She's alive. Um It's like an episode of my
0: favorite. Horror. I know
2: <laughs> what happened. And I came home, picked up my phone, I had like five missed calls and the I just listened to the most recent voicemail first, and it was, uh, hey, coach, everything's fine. I just wanted to let you know, um, Laura choked on a chicken bone. Uh, we couldn't get it out, but she's at the ER now, and she's breathing, and it's fine, so you can just disregard all of my other messages. Oh. Okay, thanks. Bye.
0: Oh, my God. And I called, and I was like, what
2: is going on? Do you need me? Is everything all <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, no, we worked it out. And and so it, thank God, ended up being it was fine. fine. Right. But... Like, thanks universe. That the one time, like, yeah. I'm gonna disconnect. Right. They yeah. were like, oh, she choked on a chicken bone. <laughs> right. And that girl was from out of the country, so she had like, no family around. And it
1: was just like, oh, that could have been really bad. Yeah. yeah. Totally so, get that. I would be, yeah. yeah. And then some of your rowers struggled. were on it.
2: Well, they all lived together, <laughs> yeah. And they knew the Heimlich. Yeah. <laughs> What, what were they doing eating a chicken at dinner? <laughs> 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 that is
1: a great question. I had a lot of follow-up questions.
2: Yeah. But so it's, it's I have a, I really struggle with, with that mm-hmm. and
0: finding that. Separation cause Yeah And then you have A relationship as well Yeah I personally know CJ Yes <laughs> hey, I hate <laughs> it. in the snow
2: Yeah so what I don't Want to do is sit there And be like Oh I need to answer This girl's text About right. what class She's going to take Next right. semester mm-hmm. and uh, And yeah So like balancing All that and being Able to separate But also be available like if there's emergency like mm-hmm. i almost want there to be like a separate ringtone they can call when it's right like just an alarm right just like yeah a fire. i need like Engine. a bat signal you, <laughs> you need a bat phone like, yeah
0: this is the emergency but phone. i would need to
2: outline what the emergencies are Yeah. Yes. yeah. it's Very not like i can't role. find my heart monitor that's not an emergency <laughs> no. uh but yeah i balancing that in this profession is really difficult because it's it's early mornings it's sometimes late nights you're you know you have recruiting calls all the time Mm -hmm. uh like all the time of the day um you're practicing Saturday mornings, sometimes Sunday mornings you're traveling and it's a it's a weird schedule it's a very Mm -hmm. weird and then the summer is you know we're working all summer but it's a very different Mm -hmm. lifestyle so it is very it's very seasonal like the the stress is very seasonal um but it's a lot of time and it doesn't and one of the hardest things, it doesn't allow you, like, I'm going to go take a long weekend. I can't mm-hmm. save up my sick days and, mm-hmm. like, go do something mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. because ooh, who's going to coach at practice mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. that day? Um, it's not like you can call us up, Like, that yeah. just does right. <laughs> right. And if, you know, if I need to, I have assistant coaches, but I can't. I, that's, like, if I need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, like, oh, I'm going to go take a long weekend up in mm-hmm. Portland or whatever. Like, right. I can't. Right. I can't really do that except at certain times of the year. Right. So maximizing those times when they do come is really important.
1: Mm-hmm. And is that the summer? So summer is kind of your down. Yeah. Downtime in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. So like I went to Iceland. Like yeah. that's the only time yeah. I could do that. I'm not. Yeah. Chill in Iceland. I was yeah. detoxing <laughs> and chilling in Iceland. I thought you guys would like that. Loved <laughs> it.
2: Um, yeah, so that was cool. That was an awesome trip. But mm-hmm. like that only happens in the summer mm-hmm. for sure. Maybe a little bit in December because, but it's like winter break. Yeah. Um, and then that's. Like, once you come back from – in January, it's full go till till June. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. You're not going to
1: see the, the light of day.
0: Yeah, that's busy. <laughs>
1: that's really – I I guess I I know that there's weekend practices, but I never appreciated that. It, it's like, when do you get a day off? Sundays? Sundays. Sundays. Yeah. Wow. But then in the spring, we practice
2: on Sundays and have off Monday. Mm. So we don't really – you don't really have a full day off which is my own doing i i did that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that's a, that's an um, an important part of the job too is saying like well i would like my sunday morning but the best thing for the team is to go out on sundays when the river is less crowded and right. we have more space and that's what's going to be best for us mm-hmm. so that's what that's what we're going to do yeah
0: um you know recognizing when you have to put the team first mm-hmm. is really important how's the relationship with food and how do you teach that cuz when I mean, when you first go to college, it's kind of like a free-for-all. It's like, I can eat whatever I want because my parents don't decide. I went
1: nuts in the cafeteria. So how do you teach that?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, We talk about food as fuel. It's -hmm. all about, is it fueling your body? It sort of goes back to, like, does your body do what you want it to do? Mm -hmm. Um, Food is fueling it. And uh, I remember the girls laughed at me a lot because I said this, but it's like you don't – you wouldn't put – Whatever low quality gas is in a Ferrari, <laughs> uh-huh. right you're gonna put premium in a mm-hmm. race car. And if you're spending all this time morning and afternoon, six days a week, and hopefully they're doing something on their day off, like yoga or whatever, mm-hmm. um, if you're gonna spend that much time getting your body to achieve the things that we want it to achieve, you don't then want to undo it or hinder that mm-hmm. by how you're fueling it. Uh, and so we talk a lot about is is what you're eating being helpful towards that Mm -hmm. um and then it's not about amount because it's not really about amount it's about Mm -hmm. the quality of what you're eating right uh and fortunately we have a nutritionist on staff and she comes and meets with the team each week and just does a little yeah Mm because i can have that conversation but i'm not an expert Mm -hmm. um and ultimately i am still an ex lightweight rower i'm not a six foot tall open rower so it's a different it's a different experience uh and she's able to come in We just do like a little bit each week about pre-practice fueling, post-practice fueling, how to make dinner in the dining hall. What if you're living off campus and you need to make your own dinners and trying to give them applicable information of like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're in the dining hall. Might not be ideal, Mm -hmm. but how can you find the grilled chicken that they only serve in this one corner? And (laughs) how can you tell like what meals have been approved by the nutrition staff? So Mm -hmm. those are good options. Uh, And so trying to look at it really as – fueling what our endeavor and supporting what our endeavor is at the
0: boathouse um and looking at food that way so interesting i wish i had a nutritionist in college That would have been so nice yeah, yeah me too like tell me what to eat please yeah. i'm gonna go eat pizza at midnight because i was free. like what can i get away with <laughs> right. I was
2: like how many chocolate chip
0: cookies can i no, eat totally. until i can't make weight yeah. anymore Yeah, yeah, for you. I mean, I didn't even have to make weight. I was just like, whatever, I'll have this grilled cheese.
2: And (laughs) I think it's like, I know I've gotten so much better about food since I've graduated college Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. how to prepare it. I mean, I didn't cook anything in college, but (laughs) like how, what meals I like. Like now, a lot of times, just like, I just need some vegetables. Like, I just really want a big old Mm -hmm, plate of vegetables.
0: Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't ever really feel like that in college. But you also sort of have to. Be trained to Mm -hmm. think that. Well, and it's like you don't have a lot of money either. So, like, I would live off of, like, baked potatoes because they were cheap. Right. Mm -hmm. And, like, a big bag of frozen veggies. Like, that was my (laughs) diet was potatoes and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. And I think – I I hope that's something
2: that we can try to get – young everybody but young women to figure out earlier in their Mm -hmm. life rather than like graduate. It would be so so huge. And it's like, oh, my body. I think a lot of women figure it out because they're like, my body catches up with me. It's like, oh, I'm 30 now and Mm -hmm. I can't eat the way that I ate when I was 20 and look the same way and feel the same way. Uh, And so is there a way that we can sort of like head that off before our bodies are telling Mm -hmm. us no? Like, Can we start really good habits and make sure that we're eating to support what we're trying to do with our Mm -hmm. bodies? earlier so that we have those habits instilled in us by the right. time we're out and shopping for ourselves
0: yeah. and all that. Yes. Like why isn't that a gen ed class instead of like, I don't know, chemistry? Like who I needs would to know about chemistry. <laughs> well, I <laughs> like, would love for somebody to have been
2: like, Okay, when you're a grown up, here's how to meal prep and make, right. to, like make your meals for the week exactly. and here are things that you
0: should always have in your yeah. cabinet. Yeah. Like I don't have that. And like your metabolism is going to be cut in half. Right. right. Sorry. Get ready. (laughs) Enjoy it.
2: Enjoy it while it lasts. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I never learn. I don't know. There's
1: no preparation for that. Mm -mm. What are some of your staples and go to meals? A lot of veggies. (laughs) I I love Brussels sprouts. Mm, I really do. They're so good. They're so good. Yeah.
2: And so I, I put them with, everything. And then I use them to kind of balance out. So it's like, oh, I'm going to eat a pizza, but mm. I got Brussels sprouts on the side. <laughs> yeah. So it's all fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's about finding the balance, you know. Um So I think like really basic stuff, like when I'm just like cooking by myself, it's like rice and quinoa, a meat or protein and like Brussels sprouts and chickpeas and that mm-hmm. kind of, it's a lot of just like throw it all together in a mm-hmm. bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, also because when we have, if we have practice in the afternoon or just did a long day come home, it's like, I never make I don't have recipes, Mm-mm. and when I do, I like always miss an ingredient or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like, what do I have here that's gonna f- keep me full until I wake up the next morning, right. and is gonna like taste all right? a lot only take like five minutes right. instead yeah. of, like an hour. Right? I'm starving. I need yeah. this to be eat. I need to be yeah. eating this within mm-hmm. ten minutes. Right? Yes. Like
0: when I walk in the door, there it is, and yeah. I can start. Eating. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um. So what's it like? Just go through like a day in the life of yeah I'm so curious uh
2: so in our in season um we practice the practice starts at 6 15 so I'm usually at the boathouse around 5 45 yeah that's Um, early (laughs) yeah it's bright it's bright and early yeah and early um and I will say like that's one thing you asked before about like did I feel like at the time when I got the job or the interview at Stanford like was it a big deal uh I feel like every morning when I get to the boathouse like it's a it's awesome that I'm there. That's I mean, so think cool. That's yeah, so cool. That's, like, that's when
0: you know that it's, like, the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah. That's what you should be doing.
2: And I don't life. always feel like that when the alarm goes off <laughs> or when I'm driving <laughs> right. in. But once you're <laughs> but, there. But you get to the boathouse, and our boathouse is right on the Charles. It's right across from campus at the BU Bridge. You can see, you can walk outside and see downtown. And, mm-hmm. and it's dark, and it's quiet, and it's beautiful. And you're just like, oh, this is awesome that I get to do this. Mm-hmm. So I always try to take that. Second, if I can, because it makes a huge difference. But um, so we start the warm up at 6:15. We uh, we go on the water. We're out in the water like 6:45 ish. We're usually out there for about two hours. So we're getting off by nine because uh, the girls have classes starting at 9:30. Mm. Uh, so we're out in the water for two hours ish um, when the water is rowable. Uh, and then the sometimes we'll have an afternoon practice. Uh, Not always. And uh, so the day after that is really uh, just the sort of management of the team. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is recruiting. um, It's development, it's reaching out to alumni and fundraising Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, It's a lot of paperwork and compliance Mm -hmm. and the office stuff that nobody thinks you really have to do as a coach. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you still have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But then a lot of it, and the best part of it, is when the athletes come to visit. And that definitely ebbs and flows with the time of year, but uh, and I think as the girls got more comfortable with me, they would come in more. Uh, but I, my door is always open. I have an open door policy, and uh, they can come in whenever they want and talk about whatever. I'm gonna stop by sometime. <laughs> it's <laughs> open for everybody. Hey, so yeah, I'm having a really hard day. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready. I'm equipped. I've had this conversation yes. a lot. <laughs> And uh, and I love I love that mm-hmm. I love that part because that's really they're the ones that I'm that I'm doing it for, uh, and so especially when it's been a long day of like whatever paperwork and spreadsheets and working on the training plan and all this kind of stuff, it's uh, like there's nothing better than having a rower come in and even if it's just like hey you said this thing to me this morning on the water I didn't really know what it meant can we mm-hmm. talk about it mm-hmm. it's cool let's watch some video and talk about it and that's then- cool see how your classes are going and how's your roommate and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. that's the fun part Mm -hmm. um and then a couple days a week we have afternoon practice again so we'll meet up and uh erg or run or something like that what is the erg Uh, that's the rowing
0: machine oh
2: okay that's the inside (laughs) inside talk for the rowing machine okay uh the ergometer
0: oh gotcha okay and they're like real like you've told me about these before they're like sick like rowing machines like not your usual like you know, like ones at the gym, they're like water around you, right? Oh, so that's something different. Oh, that's so we different. use the okay. ones that are at the gym too. Okay.
2: Gotcha. Uh, but then we have tanks, ah, the tanks. where it's like oh. the sliding seat and a rigger and an oar, as though you're in a that's boat. So cool! But then it's just like a big pool around you. Oh wow! So it's like in this warehouse yeah, in the basement sick. of my <laughs> office. <own>. So cool. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, it's not
0: that glamorous. Uh, well, it sounds cool, but it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool to do. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about your wellness practices? So do you have anything that's like a non-negotiable for you? It could be anything from like diet to workout to it's working self-care.
2: Out. Yeah, I I go like I get really antsy and I if I'm not working out for like more than a day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So making sure that I always have that time to to go do something. And usually it's in the, it ends up being in the middle of the day because. I'm not going to work out before practice.
0: (laughs) No. Uh, It's
2: crazy. Uh, So it's usually sometime in the middle of the day. But that's a really, that's huge. That's the one non-negotiable is like, I have to get that in. I need that time to take care of myself and my body. Mm -hmm. um, And then also just to separate from everything and Mm -hmm. focus on this one task and just kind of not think about the other stuff for a while.
1: Mm -hmm. What are your favorite workouts?
2: Uh, so they alternate. Yeah, it sounds like you are you have a broad spectrum. Yep. Yeah. Usually I'm on like a one year cycle, one and a half year cycle, maybe. Um, I wasn't to running for a while and did some 10Ks and a half marathon. And I got sick of that. And then I did, uh, I got a bike and did some cycling. And I got sick of that. Uh, I did some boxing for a while, which was wow. very fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that pretty quickly got to the point where either I was going to keep doing the same workout. Forever or get in a ring. Mm. <laughs> and I wasn't gonna get in a ring. <laughs> so you can I see stopped. it now. I know. <laughs> I could, <though>.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I was done with that. Uh and then I got into CrossFit, which is my most recent endeavor. Um and that was fun. I like that because that really takes a lot of attention. It's mm. really you have to really think about what you're doing. And I loved it because I was really pretty bad at a lot of the things and they were things i hadn't done and so it was good to like it's good to remember what it's like yeah. to not know how to do stuff mm-hmm. uh and for them to be like oh we're gonna do you know whatever i mean it pull-ups at first i was like i don't know to, i can't, I can't do,
1: that. do that i don't think i can <laughs> do one yeah, you can
2: you can give me four weeks okay yeah. let's do it sign <laughs> you yeah. up ask us again in four yeah. weeks we're gonna
0: yeah. do pull ups.
2: I got a progression I worked it out like I worked it out myself at CrossFit that I applied it to like the team that I was coaching and like wow. we got to, a lot
1: of girls oh. do pull ups that hadn't done can it before can you really
0: share this with us because yeah. I would love that well it's, it's it'd be uh,
1: so cool don't do the bands okay um, I was gonna ask do you use the bands no. to slowly work up no
2: Because the bands give you the most assistance Mm -hmm. at the point where pretty much everybody is the weakest, which is getting from full extension to just, like, that half-broken
0: arm. And you have to, like, work that Right. So that's
2: why, like, everybody can do, or many people can do jumping pull-ups, because Mm -hmm. it gets you past the hardest point. Uh So the rubber, the bands are, like, slingshotting you through the hardest part, Mm -hmm. and then you can get the rest of the way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so... I did that for a while and got like nowhere. I was so mad. And uh, and then, uh, I think one of the coaches at CrossFit told me this, this. The key is you get a barbell in a rack and you set it so that if you're sitting on the ground, you can just grab onto it mm-hmm. like a pull-up bar. Mm-hmm. And then you do pull-ups from the ground, mm-hmm. but you're only oh. lifting like half of your body God? weight. Yeah. And if that's – actually, if that's too hard, you go – Right, is that back? Yeah, you go back, and what you can do is you can box behind you. This is going to be hard to describe without showing. You put a box behind you, hold onto the bar, put the tops of your feet on the box.
1: Oh, okay. Oh. And so then you can so sort you of push that. your feet
2: mm-hmm. a little bit if you need to, and yeah. then once you can do that, then you can drop one foot off. And you only have one foot on there, mm-hmm. and then you can drop that foot off, and then you're doing
0: pull-ups. Wow. That's amazing.
1: I
2: know. So you know. can sort I'm of go really through that progression. This, like, you, I think,
1: like, For real I really believe this. it. Like, yeah. I – because like terrible wanted to be How able to do that. cool would that be to just walk in and... We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah.
0: Four weeks from yeah. now.
1: Yeah. I sort of made up that number, but I think it's accurate. <laughs> it's
0: fine. It's fine. We're going to go could with be it. be five. I would be okay with five. five?
2: Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's give us
0: six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing.
2: Um, yeah. And I think like that having those outlets is really important mm-hmm. and having a place where you can go. Um, like when I was at when I was doing CrossFit, it's like that you have that gym and that community to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, I'm sort of shifting away from that now and getting back into more like running and cycling and Mm -hmm. I'm going to try cyclocross and we might have talked about it. Uh Yeah. I don't know anything about it other than what I've seen on YouTube, but it seems super cool. (laughs) So I'm going to give that a shot. I think like every year it's like, I'm going to do something that I don't know how to do. I
0: think that's so cool though. Like you're always learning, you're always pushing your body. It's very important. I
2: think being a student of anything mm-hmm. is important and for me it's like i'm around bodies all the time and mm-hmm. so learning to do different stuff with my body and and also like applying rowing in different ways like outside of just the little world that i'm in now it's mm-hmm. like i'm involved in this uh as a consultant for a startup in town that's a digital fitness app
0: that's I was gonna, gonna do, ask you about that yeah that's, that's gonna do, so cool
2: yeah it's very cool um we're not Totally like out in the world yet. So Mm -hmm. I can't talk in too specifics about it. But um, it's been a lot of fun to take this thing that I know so much about and put it into like the larger fitness world and make it accessible to people who don't, who haven't rode before, Mm -hmm. who see the machines in the corner of the gym and are like, oh God, what's that? Exactly. Um, And like make it accessible to them and make it something that's not scary, but something that can be a really good way to get a good exercise in. Mm -hmm. And how can we incorporate that with? body weight movements and yoga and mobility um and so it's really fun for me to take this this one area of expertise that I have and try to broaden it out from just division one women's rowing Mm -hmm. like how can that be something that helps a broader swath of the population be fit and have fun while they're working out that's so So cool cool.
0: yeah so um so (laughs) as we wrap up for people who are in Boston, are there any events that like we can go to and see your team rowing?
2: Yes, Head of the Charles is the okay, best one. Cool, for sure. When and, is that? Uh, I should know those exact.
0: <laughs> Can that's we, like,
2: okay. edit that in yeah, later? No, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. October 22nd, maybe? Okay, Something. So sometime in October. It's the yeah. third weekend of October. Okay, cool. Third weekend we'll of October. We'll put those dates in the show. Yeah. Notes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saturday, Sunday, uh, it starts actually at the BU Boathouse. So it starts pretty much at the BU Bridge uh, and goes upstream, so away from downtown, mm-hmm. for three miles. Um, and so there's – it's hands down the best spectator event in rowing so cool. uh, it's not a very spectator friendly right. sport <laughs> yeah. it's oh usually, there it goes yep. <laughs> it's usually like early in the morning uh-huh. it's always in the spring when it's gray and cold mm-hmm. in the beginning and then all of a sudden it's super hot and terrible yeah. uh and right you stand around all morning to see like 30 seconds of mm-hmm. the crew that you wanted to watch head of the charles is fun because there's crews coming by all the time uh it's a time trial format so you have no idea who's winning or losing oh. which is the downside but nobody does like oh. i don't know nobody oh, that's knows cool so you just can kind of watch it and enjoy it yeah. and then look at the results later if you want or that's not it awesome. doesn't matter
0: yeah
2: um but there's like there's bands all along the river. There's wow. vendors. There's food. There's a beer garden. Uh, it's yeah. It's, it's definitely so cool. the best place to be. Uh, and then we race all spring. So we have home races. Uh, some usually. I think this year we'll have two or three home races. Um, in all, pretty much in April. That's so awesome. yeah, Saturday morning, if you go down to the Charles yes. Mass Ave Bridge is the halfway point of the race course. So you can go. I always like see
0: like. People rowing. I'm like, is that Madeline? Is that Madeline?
2: <laughs>
0: if you look at the little
2: motorboat behind them with a the person yes. that's like bundled up in 500 layers and just a little face sticking I'll out, just start screaming you. your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
0: if you hear me, just wave.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to recognize people, especially yeah. when it's cold. Everyone's right. got way really too many layers on. And
0: right. can't see Anything. So cool. Well, thank you yeah. so thank much you for so coming on. Thanks this for just, having me, guys. Like so intriguing. It's so inspiring. I so much. Yeah. It really is. It really. I'm is. excited it's for our listeners. Lots of life this. lessons as well as <laughs> athlete lessons. Yes. Good. So yes. thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, well, everyone, hope you have a great week. You can find us, Detox Until Podcast, on Instagram.com, all of the things. <laughs> the com at is Gmail. critical. <laughs> <laughs> um, Megan is musing as my Megan. I am best friend Beck, and Madeline is private because of her athletes. <laughs> I'm on Twitter, though. I got. I yeah. Got some what is oh, What's your Twitter? At Madeline Davis. Go find Madeline <laughs> Go on find Twitter. find her on Twitter. So witty, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> she will not disappoint. <laughs> Have a great week,
1: everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. We're super excited to tell you guys that this episode is sponsored by Willie's Super Brew.
0: Willie's is amazing. So there's two flavors. It's ginger and lemon super brew and pomegranate and acai super brew. And the ginger and lemon, there's ginger, brown sugar, lemon juice, and turmeric, which amazing like crazy Throw it in. basically kombucha love it but with more alcohol <laughs> um, and then pomegranate acai is pomegranate acai lemon juice and cane sugar so each can has only 120 calories 9 grams of sugar gluten free gluten free they list all of the ingredients which is amazing
1: we just love that they keep it simple mm-hmm. you know like if i'm going to have a drink out by the pool or if mm-hmm. i'm going to have a drink at a barbecue i just want to keep it simple something that isn't going to upset my stomach like a beer usually mm-hmm does so it's our go-to for summer gatherings Mm -hmm. and you guys should totally try it Um, you can find it at a lot of different places around the city I most recently spotted it at Pemberton Farms in Cambridge Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and so you can find them um, at a store near you at superbrew.com and they'll list all of their locations and all of the information you can ever need
1: so thank you willies thanks willies